and welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? Well, I have been sick, but Scarlet made me some baked potatoes and onions, so I'm gonna make it. Oh no, I didn't know you were sick. I hope you feel better. Oh, it's okay. Baked potatoes are the cure for anything that ails you. We've been on a baked potato kick. <laughs> we discovered you could just stick onions and baked potato, like potatoes, directly into the oven without anything else. And they actually turn out amazing. It's a magical combination. Here tonight on this episode, we are t- here to talk about Revolutionary Girl Utna and gender. It's going to be a bit of a broad topic tonight. Here to help us talk about it is our friend, Ren. How you doing, Ren? Well... Considering that two hours ago I was attempting to make onigiri for the first time, and I came out of that mess absolutely covered in rice, and I devoured everything with my hands like a monster, pretty darn dandy. That sounds (laughs) incredible. How were your onigiri? They were very sad and not at all (laughs) triangle-shaped. But how did they taste? Absolutely delicious. So I guess it's a win. What did you have in your onigiri? I promise this won't be the whole podcast. I just love onigiri. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I had uh, vegetarian sausage, which I know sounds like a complete oxymoron. Oh, um, no, I'm a vegetarian, so I eat a lot of that stuff, too. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, (laughs) So I had some of that, um, and I chopped up some green onions, and I was going to be fancy and, like, drizzle, like, soy sauce and, like... Um, toasted sesame seed oil into like a dip, but well, the onigiri kind of came out malformed, and then after I made each one, I just went, well, this is just sad looking, let me just shove it into my face and <laughs> pretend it didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> well, it sounds delicious. If it tastes good, it is good. In a story. Now, you have been uh, following the show for a little while now, but we've never had you on, so we have to ask you, what is your history with Revolutionary Girl Utena? Oh, shit. Here we go. Okay. Um, so, I started watching Utena, um, I want to say three years ago, as in, like, it was a bad depression patch in college and it was like let me just hyper fixate on this show that looks fun instead of like focusing on how awful everything is so i I got very attached i got very attached to utana and it's it's kind of funny considering that that was definitely a part of my life when i was starting to like sort of question like am I really my assigned gender or not? And I think Utena kind of wound up playing into that somewhat, and now we're actually, like, talking about that. This is awesome. I don't remember if you volunteered or if I asked you. I just remember that it somehow came up that you were going to be the guest for this episode because this is a topic that we've been meaning to tackle for a while. I mean, we've kind of talked about it a little on other episodes, but we've been wanting to do, like, its own episode. I think it was, like, you put out, like, a, a call on Twitter or whatever, like, hey, that sounds are right. there any, like, transgender or non-binary folks who would like to talk about this? And it was like, yes, 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 I would. 
We are happy to have you. What did you think about just like, what were your first impressions of gender in Utena? I'll ask you your your favorite character in a minute, but. Oh, (laughs) you're going to make me pick. No, I would say Utena definitely like, I think on the surface, it it takes gender and is sort of like, this is all kind of. We take these constructed roles for granted, so we're going to flip around a little bit. And I think, um, for me, underneath it was sort of like, to me, Utena came across to me as genderqueer, possibly because I am gender fluid, genderqueer, a little mix of both. So, but of course that's because it. I started watching it at a point where I was beginning to question, like, am I really this like, archetype assigned to me by um, society in general, or am I not? Because I'm starting to think that uh, it doesn't quite fit, and I think I'm different. Cool, cool. And now, who is your favorite character? You do have to pick one. I'm sorry, we all must pick. Shit. Shit. Um, Okay, so I definitely love Utena and relate to her a lot, but I gotta go with Jury. I gotta go with Jury. Jury is my girl. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were one of the Jury fans. <laughs> I'm a fencer. <laughs> I oh, can't really? not pick Jury. <laughs> are you really a fencer? Yeah, I fence Epe and Foil. Okay, that's insanely cool. Oh shucks. I always wanted to do that. Is Jury's fencing any good from like a... A per, uh, the perspective um, of someone who knows what fencing is. We could probably do a whole nother episode just about the different fighting styles in Utena. We should, I would honestly. absolutely I love to. If you I've want to do that, to. I am up for it. Absolutely. Um, I've, been, I've actually been wanting to do that for a very ooh. long time. I don't know anyone who fences. Well, now we do. Because I know oh, enough oh. about it to know that there's <laughs> something going on there that's interesting. Yeah, um, so I would say the fencing isn't 100% accurate, the, and that's like typical for just about any show, is that they will yeah. stylize it quite a bit. But, sure. um, so typically when uh, Jury and Miki are going at it, they're fencing foil because they're wearing the the lames and they're only hitting each other in the chest, which is foil. And it's interesting because um, Mickey has something of an epee slash foil fighting style, but Jury is just straight up um, epee and mixed in with a bit of, like, great sword because she just goes all in. So I, I think it's... Anywho... I'll save it for if we ever talk about fighting styles. Yes, but... we will definitely follow up on this. That That's a preview, listeners, for an, a future episode <laughs> that we will definitely have. Jury is definitely an aggressive fencer, and she's good at it. So, I kind of hear you getting at the edge of this, but I wanted to sort of start on our topic tonight by sort of introducing an idea to you, and I want to see if it resonates. When I first watched Utsuna, the thing that struck me was that Utsuna seemed profoundly ill at ease about the whole concept of gender. Hmm. Not necessarily opposed to it or anything. That would be a, I'm not sure there's really enough there, but uneasy about how the world that, that the text itself sort of exists in is about it. Like, it consistently pushes boundaries of 
what is sort of the role there, both obviously and more subtly. And it just kind of like throughout, like that's not something that it really just kind of like does once as, as a sort of gimmick, but like consistent. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's depth. And are you going more with like Utena the character or the entire anime? Because I mean, with both, it's like I gotta say yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm actually thinking about the character. I was actually so I was talking to Scarlet today when we were at lunch and. We had this interesting moment where we realized that you have – we don't really talk about jury as much when we talk about sort of the, the weird gender stuff and Uthana. But they are both presenting in a pretty masculine way. And yeah. And, like, they basically wear the same uniform. It's just that, like, Uthana's is, is different colors. And jury has pants. <laughs> yeah, and, like – yeah. Can you imagine jury and tiny little shorts? I'm pretty sure everyone would die from just, like, sapphic shock. (laughs) It's like, oh, I can't handle it! Get a case of the vapors. (laughs) (laughs) Those beautiful fencing legs! They're too much! I can't! Ah! (laughs) Anyway, continue with your real person conversations. It would just be too weird. But, like, yeah, we don't really think, we don't talk about jury when we talk about that as much. And it's interesting to me, because she sort of, quote-unquote, transgresses that boundary and crosses that boundary just as much as Utsuna does. In some ways, a little more. Yeah. Because Utsuna says it many times, and this is something I would like to hear you talk about, because that's always interested me. Utsuna feels this need to reiterate again and again and again that she is a normal girl. And Juri never does, either because the idea that someone would think she is not is kind of preposterous to her, <laughs> and, or it because, like, she's never explained herself to anyone, why would she start now? But, like, she, you don't ever asked the question about jury it just seemed why would you that's uh, never even occurred to me but we do kind of have that question with utsuna do you why is that that's that's actually a really good point i never really thought about that i guess maybe it's jury is i don't want to say not quite more at peace with the idea it's like no i am not a normal girl but she's just sort of like starting to come to terms with it while still like, seriously, like, repressing herself because it's like, nobody needs to know about my crush on Shiori. Nope, nobody needs to know. Nope, nope, totally in denial. (laughs) I guess she doesn't necessarily say that she's a prince either. Well, in Hmm. in certain versions of the story, other people ascribe the title of prince to her because she gets called the prince in... The movie, I know for sure, and maybe in the manga. Wait, does she? I don't remember that. In the movie, they definitely call her the prince because I remember watching the movie fairly recently. But I think they also call her a prince in the manga. I know they do in the movie. They definitely do in the movie and also Mm -hmm. Gesundheit Tabitha. That was the cat sneezing, not me. (laughs) Oh, a sneezy baby. Yes, she snores in her sleep. Oh, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it's weird that the fact that I forgot that honestly just kind of under, underscores the point there about how it's never really a thing that we have any doubt about with, with 
jury. Let me see if it comes up in the movie manga. I've actually got it right here by me. Yeah, I'd be curious to know, though. I need to get my hands on that. The movie manga is very worth it. We have lots of mixed feelings about movie and the movie manga. That's, um, that's but fair. It's, it's very worth reading. Okay, so on one page of the manga, Wakaba is telling uh, Utna about there being uh, the student council who are idolized by the rest of the school. They get their own dorms and wear a special uniform like princes in a world of their own. And then Utsuna says princes, like a question. And then she, uh, Wakaba introduces jury. So mm. there is the implication that she is saying jury is prince-like. But I know in mm. the movie itself, for certain... Wakaba Jury calls her the prince. The prince, yeah. Of course, at this point, we can't help, we, we can't avoid it. We have to talk about Takuro Zero. Zero. I'm never going to say that word right. Uh, theater. Yeah. And how Utsuna kind of, like, borrows a lot of that wholesale. Especially in how it bends gender and presentation. Yes. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, a lot of that sort of, it, it, it influences how Utsna is portrayed, how she's drawn. Like, the, her character design is kind of just straight out of Tucker. Yeah, never... and the uh, the shadow puppet girls are also uh, yeah. from theater. And it's interesting that like, there's so much, like, aggressive theater stuff there, because... A lot of Utsuna is about performance, and I mean, literally the first thing we know about Utsuna is that she wears different clothes and carries herself in a different way, speaks in a slightly different way, that what we know about Utsuna before we know anything else is the performance that she has sort of perfected and chosen for herself. Yeah, it kind of plays into that whole idea of gender is a construct defined by your performance of it versus the gender is an integral part of your self-image. Yeah, it's interesting to me because <coughs> we can't talk about Utsuna being the prince without sort of like touching the, el the elephant in the room of Utsuna, the show, does not seem to have a super high opinion of the archetype of the prince. Mm. At, be at, at, at best, you could say that's a little ambivalent about it. At worst, it's downright critical. And it doesn't seem... That criticism doesn't seem to extend specifically to Utsuna's presentation so much as it is to Utsuna's desire to be this archetype. And sometimes I wonder if the reason why Jury is like not questioned where Utsuna kind of is challenged on things is because Utsuna is sort of like trying to be this archetype and Jury's just that's just how she is. That and it kind of it kind of sets them up as um uh like Utsuna is like what Jury could have been like when she is younger and Jury's kind of like a a mirror version of Utsuna as she gets older if she chooses to like stay on the path that she's on, and then get disheartened about it. Whereas right now, Utena is absolutely earnest about filling this prince archetype that she feels that she has to live up to, whereas Jury's just sort of like, yeah, I guess I've been shoehorned into this, and I'm bitter about it. Yeah, it's 
and obviously there's there's not this sort of idea that like this is not how Uthu should be as far as the way she presents herself because when she doesn't present herself that way like it's because she's been made to it, with yeah. one exception with one exception and like it's bad and yeah the only exception to that is when she puts on her dress aw she puts she's on the so dress shitty. for the party yeah and, and she just not, looks viscerally uncomfortable <laughs> she looks uncomfortable but like the way that she's viewed like the camera the camera sees her it doesn't necessarily disapprove like yeah, she's it's kind like, of uncomfortable but she's nowhere near as like just dead inside as she is later on it's hmm. just sort of like eh, i don't true. really like this i don't like i guess me i guess me saying viscerally uncomfortable is just because like i kind of relate to that like yeah. The whole feeling of, uh, uh, I'm going to this, I have to go to this event, and I guess this is the formal attire I have to wear. I don't yep. like it. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> uh, uh. It's, I guess this is my only option. I'll just smile and wave boys smile and wave it sucks until you until you learn that if you just quote 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 forget to bring the right thing people will just let you get by whatever <laughs> let me tell you the first time i discovered that um i could easily wear a men's suit jacket and it fit well and i looked nice was just like there was no going back <laughs> <laughs> it was I, I'm gonna tangent for a bit but it was um, I there was like some concert I was performing in as a part of like an adult choir group and I was I told my dad it was like yeah we were wearing like formal attire and that includes jackets and like I don't want to wear a dress and dad was like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you everything about, like, finding a suit and, like, this is what you need to do. And, like, no, that one doesn't fit you quite right. Put on this one. It was like, I can just do this and nobody's going to question it. Well, that's nice. I'm free! <laughs> and, well, and then he had to endure an entire rant about how, like, men's clothing is, like, sized by measurements and women's clothing is sized by witchcraft. And why oh, do we no. do this? Why do we have to gender the market and separate it? <laughs> it's the worst. It sucks. Okay. Please tell me that you had some kind of joy when you realized that most sports coats and suit coats have, like, a secret pocket on the left side. I know. They have so many secret pockets. It's so good. <laughs> it's you so wonderful. so much shit in those things. It's like, I can put my phone in this one, my wallet and keys in this one, I can put cough drops in this one. Ooh, I need a, a wipe for my glasses, let me just tuck that in here, looks very nice, yes, yes. So, when I was, I used to go to, when a I didn't have, have, have to wear one of those, and I'd go to a formal event, I hated them. I hated them even when I wasn't, you know, sure about the whole thing, but I would make sure I had, a, like, a fistful of Werther's. <laughs> And yes. just slip them in there. Galaxy brain yes. right there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird that like in hindsight, now that I think about it, that I like came out on this show and never we never really talked about it. Well, that's because at the time we didn't want to like we didn't want it to be a big deal. It was just sort of like well, yeah, I remember like, that one episode you just sort of rolled into it like 
yes, this is my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? It was like, yeah. Oh, all right, good for her. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's funny to be in hindsight, because I was actually kind of nervous about that, and now yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. that was the most hands-off, like, casual way that possibly could have happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like, when I came out to my folks, it was like, I thought, I just telling them that, like, I'm gender fluid and I want to be called with uh, they, them pronouns, I felt like I was going to barf. And then my mom just went, okay, and you want me to do that around, like, just us, or do you want to be public about it? And I was like, can you please tell everybody else, Bob, I love you. <laughs> That's nice. I, I hit the fucking jackpot with my family, but... Even then, it was still, like, knowing that they were probably going to be alright with it, it felt like I was going to throw up. Anxiety is just a horrible it's thing. It's never easy. It isn't. And it's, ugh. And it's bullshit that we have to do it to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the having stress nightmares um, portion of the gearing up to, to reveal that myself it's i'm it's really nice for me to hear that somebody else had that kind of experience with Utana, by the way because i kind of did and i've never really known how to talk about it because it wasn't direct like i didn't look i didn't watch Utana and think to myself ah yes this is what this show is about to me <laughs> it was just sort of a coincidence that it happened to happened while we were doing this show yeah it's wild in hindsight <laughs> like that that like we would we would you would ask me to do this podcast just at the like right moment in, in my life and i mean like that was not something that i was privy to in any way when we started the show like it you know that was not that had no influence on the fact that we ended up doing this <laughs> No, I don't think we. I don't think I even talked to you about it until um, we were until we were well here. into the show. I mean, no. it it was not even. It was maybe only a, a few weeks before we did that episode where uh, where we told everyone on the show. Yeah, a little, a little parting the curtain here, I guess, for why that <laughs> was definitely going to happen. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's like it's it's wild, like. To, you know, a little less than two years ago, I just sort of like barged in on you and Dio's of like, hey, Panda. <laughs> and, and I remember, so listeners, you have to know that when I told her that I would probably be more comfortable with she and her, Panda changed the colors of our Facebook DMs to pink. I did. Aww. I did do and that. It was actually one of the most touching things that I think someone has done with, with, with like, that was that small. I was, like, really, really touched about it. Aww. It was very, very good. And, That's and so sweet. Now I'm all grown up chance. I even play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> We've come so far. <laughs> Montage plays. Of us yes. talking into microphones. Okay, but I need to know what what is the music for the montage? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. It's probably something about left in London. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> I do that. Good times. Let me think. I had something else I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna I was curious about 
and this is actually for both of both of y'all because like I, I really just like have no idea what to think about it so i'm really looking for answers why does utsuna is like really insistent about being a girl in a way that's just sort of like i don't know it always left like a weird feeling in me like hmm is it is it real are people really that because like other people don't really seem to insist on it except for wakaba Hmm. He thinks Milady doth protest too much. Yeah, it was that kind of feeling. And I wasn't sure if that was reasonable or fair or, like, it, what's going on there? See, to me, that now that I am a fully realized non-binary, ooh, sparkles, um, but now from where I am three years later, having watched it at the time, to me it speaks to me as, like, Yes, I am totally a cis girl. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Not in denial. Nope. <laughs> to me, that it Utina's just, like, very determinate. I am a girl. I am not a boy, but I am a prince, but I am also a girl, is... To me, it's sort of like... It plays into my whole headcanon that Utina is genderqueer and is, at that point, just like in denial of it it's like no these these feelings every now and then this like feeling of rightness whenever i put on a boys air quotes uniform like nope that's that's got nothing to do with gender i am totally fine being a girl yep yep (laughs) and i i think other folks who watch it who um are cis women are gonna see it as like a just like a um uh Dad, 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 words, goddammit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Might view it as a, um, like, yes, I am playing into a more masculine role, but uh, I am still feminine, and I am not, like, denying my femininity, or I'm trying to put myself into a cisgender perspective, and it's hard. (laughs) I mean, she doesn't really seem to, I don't want to use the word abandon, but, like, she doesn't really seem to like let go of either the sort of masculine idea of the prince or of being just quote-unquote just a normal girl like yeah it's to her those things are not in conflict or at least they're not in conflict in a way that she gives a shit it's kind of like um like movie utina is like um like typically appears as more masculine but when Amphi is in her room for the first time is like, ooh, you have so many pretty dresses and Utena is like, yeah, so what? The only evidence we have that Utena has more than like three outfits. (laughs) I actually kind of liked that part. I did too. (laughs) It was was really fascinating to me because it's one of the few times that, like, the movie version of something is, of Utena is way more complex than the series version of Utena. See again, like, my theory that Utena is genderqueer. Honestly, <laughs> is, yeah. Like, that whole it. bit where um, Sionji is like, you didn't say you were a girl, and Utena just goes, I didn't say I was a boy. It's like, genderqueer, genderqueer, one of us, one of us. I think that you could also read her protectiveness over, like, be quote-unquote, being a normal girl as, like, 
sort of a defiance of being like a butch lesbian but I also don't think I mean obviously that like these things are not incompatible like she can be non-binary and a butch lesbian like hell yeah so I just you know I I mean it just it makes the most sense uh I could I could see that but I also wonder if maybe the thing that sort of like tips the scale there is that it wouldn't be that it's it's not that the label has attached itself it's that somebody else is going to pigeonhole her into labels and whether they're true or not it doesn't matter it's them putting one on her in order to mm-hmm. write her off and that's yeah what like. yeah people keep trying to put utna into certain boxes and she's like no fuck you i know what box i want to go in and it's not any of yours Utsuna is a cat. It's probably the coffin from the beginning, though. (laughs) Wah, wah. Wah, wah. But, like, yeah, like, every time that she insists on that, that I can think of, it's in response to somebody implying that she is X or Y or Z way, that she wants X, Y, or Z thing. Yeah, and I I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I I kind of get that. There's there's a whole lot of ways you could read that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I mean, what people say, it's it, it's weird to think about because, like, we, we talk a lot about how, you know, what you do or say is, is important or more important than the intention. Intention is kind of opaque. But you can kind of tell sometimes and, like, when Utsuna has that response, I actually would think I, it reminded me of teaching and how, um, like, getting absurd in general would bo- bothers me a lot. But I never it never bothered me with my kids when I was in uh, high school. Just it didn't really bother me because their intentions were completely different. You no, know, hmm. their their attitudes were completely different there it was just it was so different that it became a kind of not okay so much as it was this was not an attempt to put some kind of role on me other than one that i chose which was teacher it was an attempt to impose a whole set of gendered ideas on me about how i should act which is probably why it doesn't really why she doesn't really push back at Wakaba beyond just saying so, like, she kind of, like, she pushes back a little bit with Wakaba saying that Utha is her boyfriend, but, like, it's always kind of in a, this is part of the joke. Yeah. Well, and I never get the impression that she's pushing back against being labeled a boyfriend specifically, but that she's pushing back against being labeled as being with Wakaba in the first place and that she's not even pushing back that hard against that yeah Yeah. it's just not it's just very different also like that's interesting to me that Wakaba calls her that pretty consistently at least in the early parts that comes up as a trope a lot in shoujo anime where There'll be, like, that one, like, friend who will cling on to the protagonist and is like, oh, we should totally get married, but you're a girl and I'm a girl, and... 
<laughs> and I'm just sitting. Isn't this funny and definitely not a thing that people do? <laughs> oh my god, I had a horrible realization. And Remember how Peppermint Patty always used to get called Sir by what's her name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all I can think about now. <laughs> uh, you know, it's having... basically an anime. I'm having flashbacks to my innocent, like, 12-year-old self watching Angelic Lair, where, like, Misaki and, like, her best friend, whose name I can't remember, and, like, her best friend was like, we should get married, you're so good at cooking, but I'm a girl, and it's like, I'm sitting there like, get married. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't get it then. I was just so naive and adorable. (laughs) Aww. I've never seen Angelic Lair. I'm trying to think of other examples of that. I mean, besides the Ur example, uh, that that it seems like every shoujo anything after 1980 must be associated with, which is, you know, Oscar. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, because I know I've seen that, now that you say that, I know I've seen it. It's, I, I know it's a trope. I know I've seen it on TV Tropes page I mean, somewhere. you could and... kind of say... Tomoyo from Cardcaptor Sakura. That's it. That's what I was yeah! trying to think of. It is like, though. she never says <laughs> that she and Sakura should get married, but Tomoyo but is obviously in love with vibes. There are vibes there. And it's like. I, I, I feel like she says it multiple times. I don't but, like, remember. Someone cause... can correct me because I could be wrong. It's been a little bit since I've seen the original Cardcaptor Sakura anime and I didn't read the manga. I do remember Tomoyo is in love with Sakura despite the fact oh, that they're sh- yeah. cousins. Don't worry about it. It's anime. Wait, Nothing what? matters. Clamp, Clamp is weird. Yeah, they're like first cousins. What? Clamp. I don't remember that part. <laughs> yeah, they're and and like it's so weird because oh, like no. Okay, well, actually, I think, I don't know, I think it's her mom and Tomoyo's mom were cousins, so maybe they're not first cousins. Okay. But, like, okay. but also, like, Tomoyo's mom was in love with Sakura's mom, too. It Clamp is weird, y'all. That's really all I got. <laughs> I mean, I'm just here for the game. to read Tsubasa, they are, yeah, yeah. I tried to read Tsubasa <laughs> in middle school. That was a bad idea. Oh, bless you. (laughs) I tried to read it multiple times in middle school and high school. And I I, I stayed fairly, like, it stayed fairly coherent up until, like, I want to say, like, volume 25 or something. And then shit got real weird real fast. I definitely didn't make it that far. I never read it. I only watched Sakura. I never read Sakura either, but I've seen the anime and some of clear card and never finished clear card. i need to watch clear card it's very good anyway back on track yes we talked about sort of the the i sort of like how it's and jury both kind of transgress or cross the the gender border but what about Uthana, the show in general is really concerned with gender roles and how they affect people's kind of everything i mean let's think about seoji and toga yeah and how usna as a show is really obsessed with gender roles and how they affect us and shape us and i think it actually shows through a lot with those two because they both embody specific parts of the sort of like masculine archetypes that make them cartoonishly villainous 
Yeah. Well, that and even like with their relationship, it's sort of, it's kind of like it's it's focused so much on power dynamics and it's still like like you guys need to like develop your feelings too. Like quit trying to one up each other. It's that's not what relationships are about. It's sort of like a whole take on like relationships are all about one of you having like a greater power dynamic over this other person and it's like no 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 boys. Well, you, no no no. You know, like like good old Baldy from Code once said Everything is about sex, except sex, which is about power. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the most interesting things about the way that gender roles are shown in Utena is how it like the the show manages to demonstrate not only the ways in which society punishes people Mm -hmm. for not adhering to gender roles, but also how damaging be closely adhering to those gender roles can be to you personally yeah because like we very clearly see that utana is like there is pushback against this idea that she is trying to push gender norms but at the same time people like Seonji or people like Toga people like Anthe who very clearly adhere to what their gender roles are supposed to be are some of the more like deeply internally fucked up of the cast they are just dying inside yeah and it's it's not good I mean does Toga even have feelings we talked about Toga's. I know, but I'm, I'm still sad. I'm still Toga very, thoughts. I'm still very skeptical of the reality of Toga's quote unquote feelings. Sad Toga thoughts. Tm tm. I feel like he he's just like gotten to the point where he's just like repressed them all the way deep down inside of his subconscious, and it's just like doing what he can to like maintain this like facade of control, and it's like. I can't feel depressed or sad about any of this uh, if I can't feel anything at all. Yep. Toga is one of those guys who has repressed all of his emotions to the point where he thinks that not having an emotional response to things makes him the most logical person in the room. Yes. Yes. And every person listening, you know that you've met a guy like that. And if you haven't, you might be that guy. Look at yourself. Look deep inside. Ask the hard questions. <laughs> Be the Go hard talk questions. to a therapist. That, that's a good. It is not a bad thing. It's a good thing to that's do. That's a good takeaway, just in general. If I can, if if you're listening to this, if you could take any lesson from this, from this whole show, from anything that I ever say, it's therapy is good for you. That's it. It is very good for you. You know, speaking of Toga and Seoji, I have to talk about my boy. Yeah, boy. I mean, there's only one it could be. Mickey. I think Mickey makes a Mickey. I think Mickey makes a lot more sense when you think of cuz like he he has this weird relationship with Toga where he simultaneously is kind of unimpressed but also looks up to him depending yeah. on the mood. And I wonder if that's if there's not some commentary there of like you know in a lot of ways his like because he his father doesn't care about it 
either of them. And his only real examples of what being older looked like are the student council, which is not great. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the more he seems to hang out with, say, like, the more he has contact with Toga, the worse he is. The more possessive, yeah. the more, like, toxically masculine. And the more he hangs out with Jury, the more, like, chill he is. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the whole, like, with Utena and Jury, it's like, this is what you might be like when you're older. If you keep going down that path and get embittered, it's kind of the same with Miki and Toga. It's like, this is you, if you keep trying to go down that path and fulfill this prince archetype and be masculine like this older person that you look up to, like, this is what you will turn into, and it's not necessarily a good thing. Jury and Mickey are true gay lesbian solidarity. Yes. It's just, it's, it's, it was kind of, in a weird way, it's nice to see that, see that sort of, that sort of, like, point at which the older masculine figure is participating in the sort of this corruption of the understanding of the younger one and how he views himself because it acknowledges that this isn't just like an inevitability like he doesn't have to be that way in fact he's kind of like he's not necessarily like he, he is not interested in fighting in those duels for pretty solid reasons including why would i do that that's it's it's stupid and also like people aren't pawns and yeah like and he's that's where he starts as this reasonable good part place and he could have stayed there but he's but it's too easy to it's too easy for older people who for older for older men to sort of manipulate him by saying this is the way you should be you know that like selling him this bad story of if you don't take what you need what you want then it will be taken from you you know like that the that the world is tooth and claw and that's it yeah and the the only way to perform masculinity correctly is to hold power over others and it's like nah it's like it's interesting that how um it's interesting how and this is not just in Utha, it's also in Ikahara in general, how the way that gender roles are sort of communicated across um, generational lines has more in common with abuse than it does anything else. Like, you're not this way because you're this way naturally, it's not an essentialist idea. With Ikahara's work, it's like you're this way because it was beat into you. You're hmm. this way because you were lied to. You know, it's too late to fix it now entirely, or not without a lot of work. Like, and this is mild spoilers, so Hannah, I'm sorry, but wait, is it uh, Yuri Kuma spoilers? Yes, but not plot spoilers. Uh, I have no idea what that is, so I am safe. That's the next Ikahara show that we're gonna be doing after we do after we finish doing Utena stuff. Really quickly, oh. and this is not a plot thing. Okay. There's a sense in which the only masculine presence in in Yurikuma is a judging one that controls a narrative. Oh, that's subtle. 
Yeah, and by subtle we mean like everything else Ikuhara does. It's actually about as subtle as beating someone in the face with a brick. Ikuhara, known for his subtlety. <laughs> yep, it's like I know directors who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's 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 kind of reminds me of that. It reminds me of how like a, Mickey's choice to to like not pers- like escalate the cycle of violence is judged by an older masculine presence and without that interference he just doesn't get involved at all because why would you know yeah like it's it's not just him like we have a little bit of that with like when we have oh, what's his name uh the the senpai from the fencing club um ruka oh uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah ruka um he shows up and instantly jury is like completely out of sorts because because of the sort of dynamic that the society that they live in lived in at that time kind of put them in he has this how to put this it's not power over her so much as it is she can't ignore him and some of that is because you know they have history but i I feel like at least some of it is the fact that like she lives in this male dominated society where she can't ignore she's not supposed to that's not how the stories go yeah even though she doesn't want to have anything to do with him at any point in the series it's different in the manga in the mangas that whole arc has an entirely different point but in the series like she doesn't want to do anything she doesn't want anything to do with it. I'm thinking of like i mean akio is obvious too you know like no one can ignore the end of the world you're not allowed to ignore the end of the world okay i'll go ahead and start wrapping up listeners we are having some issues with audio uh, Ren has cut out on us and we can't resolve the connection issues. So we're just going to cut out here and we're going to resume this episode in a part two that we will record later this week. So if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Usnacast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. If you'd like to hear me do other podcasting stuff, you can listen to The Fresh Podcast Market, a real podcast about fake podcasts that I do with my friend Teresa. Or you can check out Monica Magicast, a Puella Magi Monica Magica podcast that I produce. Alice, where can people find you online? They can find me at Lyrewolf. That's just L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. That's over on the bad website. It's true, on the Twitter. Um, Also, before I continue with my other plug, I'm pretty sure you said magic like two more times than strictly necessary. Um, And that Madoka cast bug? Puella Magi Modica Magica. Do you say Magi? I don't have time for this. How is it supposed to be pronounced? That's obviously a hard G. Look, Magi? If any of you are like Latinus on Twitter, back me up. Back I me don't up. know. I've literally only watched this anime before and talked to people online about it. So that's how I've always said it. I'm from the South. We've established I don't know how to say words. So I also have a Kofi, um, which, you know, you can hit up. And um, I'm do- I do commissions um i can do fiction or non like or work on articles whatever i'm actually working on some 
Alice definitely won't help you with your homework. Wink. I definitely won't do that. Wink. He said, um, definitely not pocketing some money for doing that right now. Wink. <laughs> yeah, but look, I, I can do that. And uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Sorry, I threw um, you off. So, again, um, we are working on a podcast, me and Scarlett. Um, I don't think I, I don't know if I've said the name yet. But you have. Okay, so Lily Academy will be happening pretty soon. Um, we've both been swamped. I think we're actually going to be recording the first batch of episodes this week, probably. Ooh. Um, we're not sure. We, we're kind of figuring out which one we're going to start with, and there's a non-zero chance we're going to start with Yuriyuma. Wait, um, you're making competition for our eventual Yurikuma podcast? No, because ours is going to be a podcast. And, 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 and Okay, well, I say ours. I mean yours and mine. It's going to be a podcast, and me and Scarlet's going to be like two episodes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Carry and on. We're going to be talking about one specific thing. Is it true, pure, industrial-grade, USD-gay Yuri content? <laughs> Uh, since Ren cut out, I'm going to do their plugs. The good people can find Ren on Twitter at Ren underscore aeroplane. That is Ren with two N's. I won't spell the rest of it because as we know, I'm from the South. I don't know how to spell, but you can go there to watch Ren yell at video games at Renaissance Aeroplane on YouTube. And uh, I think that, oh no, we have a Patreon. You should go there and do things there and the show will always be free to listen to and to download but we appreciate our patrons because it really helps us keep this going we have a tumblr you can find that at imagineandutina.tumblr.com and if you would like to come on the show you can email us at imagineandutina at gmail.com or you can hit us up on twitter i believe that does us for this week revolutionize the world everybody see you later Yeah, we did it, kind of.